Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who plans on singing the entire Rihanna halftime show later today, word for word, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Look, I, I, I don't want anyone to do this, but if you do find me watching the Super Bowl with my dad where we are watching it, um, you're going to see me singing every song, every single song. I love Rihanna. This was an amazing pick for the, the halftime show. Um, in my opinion, one of the better picks. Uh, they definitely slacked off on some of their picks, in my personal opinion. Um, and I am more than excited to watch a Rihanna halftime show. Trevor, I know you're excited. Um, of course, the third member of our podcast, excited for just a great day of commercials, as you could see on our most recent article on thesmallballers.com. That is, of course, Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you today? I'm fantastic, man. Yeah, Super Bowl Sunday. Obviously, um, it won't it won't be a, as great of a game as, as last year for whatever reason. I don't really know the reason why, but it just clearly won't be a better game this year, just because I think the, the teams are garbage this year compared to you know maybe last year's game. But it is what it is. Um, Brandon, I have a question for you. Yeah. On on a scale of one to ten, how excited is your father for Rihanna? I would imagine he's a pretty big Rihanna fan. If I had yeah, to guess, yeah, not the biggest Rihanna fan. I think his is closer to zero. Um, he, in his words, he's always excited to watch. The halftime shows, but I think he would much rather have you know a classic rock esque band. But he understands the times are changing and that more people like Rihanna, and that's just the truth. So he won't be singing the songs with you. I, I don't think he'll know a single song that is that it will be sung today. He will not know many. Well, maybe you never know. Maybe she'll bring out Rush or something, and, and he'll he'll have a great time. Look, if he bring if they if she brings out Rush, that man will be excited. He will be more excited than anyone in the world, and then he will start singing. Uh, but, but, you know, we'll have to see if that happens. I, ben, I don't know what the odds are on that, but if, if you bet on that one on, on DraftKings later, <laughs> it's not going to have great odds. True. Um, but nevertheless, look, we have a wonderful week, past week in sports. Uh, we had, of course, the NBA trade deadline. We saw LeBron pass Kareem, um, in, you know, the most points scored in the NBA history. We had NFL honors, ton of college basketball upsets, so much to start with. Uh, but as we normally do, we're going to start in college basketball today, Trevor. Uh, why don't we go through some of the games we had in the past week that were notable? Yeah, absolutely. So some of the biggest ones of the week, uh, I'm going to start first with Missouri's buzzer beater, uh, the win over number 6 Tennessee yesterday, 86-85. Uh, really fun game and obviously an incredible ending. I, unfortunately, I was flipping back and forth. I was watching a little bit of this game. I had a little bit like I was watching a little bit of the Virginia Duke game, and I was even watching a little bit of the NBA, the Sixers-Nets. And I apparently was not on the Missouri-Tennessee channel at the right time because I missed the buzzer beater and had to watch it on Twitter. But nevertheless, uh, incredible ending. Missouri's a really weird team because it feels like they can beat pretty much anyone in the SEC, but then they also might lose games they shouldn't lose. So they're a fun team. You know, they have talent. Um, Tennessee, uh, you know, drops one here that maybe they shouldn't have, but nevertheless, a tough game because Missouri is, you know, a capable opponent. Uh, a couple other games, Virginia getting a controversial win over Duke in overtime, 69-62. Brandon, that is good for our pool, um, oh, even yeah. though it seemed like Duke was robbed because the last play of regulation, um, the, the Duke player was going up for a layup. Uh, seemed like there was contact, no foul called. Um, and we went to overtime, Virginia won. So, you know, uh, unfortunately for Duke, they seem to be on the wrong side of a, a bad call there. Uh, a couple more to mention, you know, we can go with this Michigan-Indiana game. Michigan had the lead for a big portion of the game. Uh, unfortunately, made a couple mistakes at the end. Indiana did come back and get the win. And uh, just one more, I guess I could point out. 
Um, Creighton and UConn. Creighton, this was a big game in the Big East. Creighton, a team who has really been surging as of late, started off the season in the preseason top 10. And now, after their you know bad run of December, maybe early January, they are starting to get it together. They're playing really well. And I think the Creighton Blue Jays have a real chance uh, to win the Big East now. So just a few things I found interesting from college basketball this week. Uh, ben, I'm going to go to you. What were some of your biggest takeaways from college basketball? I just think like in, in terms of big picture, Trevor, um, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. I know I'm right. I'm always right. Um, it seems like like if I had if I were to ask you, Trevor, who's who's the or who is a dominant team in college basketball this year? I feel like there's not a dominant team. Like even I guess you could say Purdue is, but it's Purdue and you know they're going to lose. They're always, you know, there's always a possibility of them losing to any team. Um, and then obviously we see like teams like Arizona lose yesterday. Um, I just feel like there's no dominant team and you, you could you could go conference you know, conference after conference and there's probably in, in a lot of conferences there's probably a good five or six teams that you wouldn't be surprised if they were to go on and win their conference championship in March um, which again just gives credit to, to this college basketball season and really the sport as a whole um, which has always kind of been underdogs have the ability to win because in the sport of basketball like you, you have a bad shooting night your opponent has a great shooting night um, there's so many things that can go you know against you and for your opponent. Um, and it really is like, and you know, any given game, there's always a, a possibility of you losing to whoever it is. Um, and I think we've definitely seen that this year um, with with like a game like like Missouri and Tennessee that you saw. I mean, Tennessee is a preseason top ten team. They're you know they're a team that people are Final Four contender. Um, and Missouri, not a bad team, but a middle of the pack SEC team. Like that, I feel like that's the case for a lot of these, especially all you know the Power Five conferences, where you have the guys at the top of the conference. Um, because of kind of how deep these power five conferences are this year, there's so many teams that can win on any given game. So, um, just again, credit to, to the sport as a whole. Um, obviously you have teams like Michigan that are just garbage and, you know, Jawan Howard's probably on the hot seat, Brandon. I can tell you one person that's definitely on the hot hot seat and his name is Tom Izzo. So, um, you know, a crazy year, again, it's, it's going to be crazy. It's going to get crazier as the tension and as the, you know, the importance of every game starts to heat up, you know, once football season's over and as we get into March. So. Um, it, it, it's, it's super exciting again. Like, I feel like usually there's one or two teams that you would call dominant and maybe you could still say, you know, our Houston Cougars go Cougs are, are our dominant team, but it really does seem like there's a lot of different teams that, that you could feel confident about making a final four run this year more than I think you would usually expect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's weird because to me, like I've kind of asked myself this question multiple times. I'm like, is it, is it actually true that there's more parody this year or is it that just, I don't. I forget that this happens every year, and I don't know I what like, it is. It's something we like, say every year. I feel like, like I feel like every year we're like, man, college basketball this year has been crazy. I mean, like twenty, you know, twenty twenty was crazy before COVID hit. The COVID season it was crazy because it was like, well, there's no fans. Anybody could win. There's no, you know, the fans don't really make a difference. I feel like it is an every year thing. But I think a big reason why we're emphasizing it more this year is because the blue bloods. There's no dominant blue blood this year. Duke down. UNC down. Kansas. For you know, considering they're the national champs, there haven't been that impressive. Um, Kentucky down, UCLA they're great, but they're out west. Nobody pays attention to them anyway. So um, Gonzaga down. It just seems like there's there's the 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 prestigious teams, the you know the top tier teams that we're used to. There's just a lot of a lot of teams that are not where they've been the last 15, 20 years. So it allows a lot of kind of those second tier teams like a like a Houston right to 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 make that step up and really have you know a chance at contending this year. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, Kentucky in particular, I think they just had another bad loss like recently. Yeah. They're now a team that's like, are they even going to make the tournament? Like they're like on the bubble. So 
it, you know, a lot of interesting stuff with the Blue Bloods, you know, kind of trending down. I think that does contribute to it. I think that's a good point, Ben. Uh, Brandon, anything to add or anything that really stood out to you uh, in college basketball? Yeah, I think one thing I want to talk about is the upsets that have happened this year because there has been a lot, but I think, I think Ben, you made the best point. I think, you know, Trevor, I agree, like, there, every year there are a lot of upsets and we're always, like, every year we kind of forget. This year, though, what I think is very unique, and this happened last year, too, um, so last year and this year were very unique, is that we don't have, like, a group of teams that are, like, way better than the other teams or, like, one team that's, like, the team. I feel like we go into each year where it's just, like, oh, you know, we've had Duke squads where I'm, like, you know, we're, like, this team's going to win 30 games, easy. Um, or, you know, this squad or that squad, whatever the case may be. This year, it's so different. Um, where, like, we see Purdue's at the top. Purdue looks quite beatable. I mean, Michigan lost them by, like, four points, so we saw Purdue uh, lose this past week once. Um, we've seen Houston has two losses, um, you know, and they're the number two team. So I, I think there's kind of, like, up and, and downs um, with all these teams, and it creates for a very fun league uh, as a whole, and it's going to create for a very, very, very entertaining final tournament because it's going to kind of be, you know, who's hot in that moment, uh, which will be incredibly fun to watch. So that that's good to get to uh, Michigan Wolverines because you know Ben you, you you decided to talk a little bit about about the best team in Michigan um, and you want to talk about the worst team in Michigan who uh, understands mediocrity and that's why Izzy Izzy will always stay the coach because they know where their their place they know they're in the middle forever um, and they're content with that Michigan however we demand excellence at all times and Juwan Howard has not brought excellence he's brought excellence on the recruiting trail. Uh, but not on the basketball court at all. And this has been a very, very upsetting year. I, I definitely think that there is a good chance um, that we will not be with uh, Jawan Howard as the head coach of Michigan basketball heading into next season. So we'll see, but that's just my prediction. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, Jawan Howard, I, I think you made a lot of good points just because they have so much talent year in, year out. And they still can't produce like a, even like a Sweet 16 team, uh, certainly not a Final Four team in a while. I think the last time they had a really good team was, what, 2018 when they made the, uh, I think they made the championship game, right? Um, and that was a really good Michigan yeah. team, but since then we haven't seen it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens moving forward, but uh, college basketball continues to be uh, very intriguing with a lot of upsets. But that's kind of it uh, for me on college basketball. I think we can kind of move into the NBA now. Um, and Brandon, I, I think I should start with you as you are, um, the biggest LeBron fan. Um, you know, Ben's obviously a LeBron fan. I, I like LeBron for sure, but I think it's almost like part of your identity, how big of a LeBron fan you are. So he broke the all time scoring record. Uh, he had 38 points in the game on Tuesday. We got a nice little celebration. We had, uh, the exchange, uh, with him and Kareem, obviously very, just an incredible moment. So wh what did you think about uh, LeBron breaking Kareem's record? So I have a couple couple thoughts. Number one, um, I I can't believe this record was broken, and I, I think it'll probably never be broken again. I mean, it took 38 years to break the record. LeBron's not done. I mean, he's going to keep on scoring points in— the ability to do what LeBron did, I just don't think will happen again. Not because there won't be great players, but not only do you have to be great, you have to have two other really important things. You have to be great, you have to play in the league for a long time, have longevity, and you have to basically never get hurt. I mean, up until the last couple of seasons, LeBron pretty much never missed games. So doing all of those things for, for you know, what are we at now, 18, 19 seasons or however long he's been in the league, 
Um, I mean, that's just insane. I just don't think it'll ever be broken. I don't think we'll get a player that'll play that long or even want to play that long um, ever again or come close to breaking his record. Um, so I think LeBron's going to have it for a, a long, long time. Number two, I just something I, 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 I noticed here. People are saying that LeBron is now like officially the greatest player of all time. He's been the greatest player of all time since he came out of the womb. I don't understand this ideology that somehow because he has more points now than Kareem, he's he's now the best player. He's always been the best player, um, and that's just a fact. I don't. I mean, no one could say anything that makes me think differently. My last thought on what happened is the celebration that happened. While it was like it should have had like a hundred percent, they should have given him like time and set like to celebrate. It was like 20 minutes in the middle of an NBA basketball game. I couldn't believe how long everything like took and how many people were on the court in the middle of a professional basketball game. Like this wasn't the end. There was like 10 seconds left in the third quarter when it happened. And like mm. there were people everywhere. His family was out there. We had Adam Silver come out there. Kareem was out there. And there was all these other people that were out there. And I'm just like, what's going on? It's the middle of an NBA game. Uh, so I thought that was, like, a little weird. He definitely should have gotten, like, recognition, and it would definitely something should have happened, but it felt like, it felt like a, a lot, you know? Like, it felt like, I was like, why are they taking so long? Does that make sense, or am I kind of, you know, a little crazy yeah, with that Yeah, so I, I felt the same way in the moment. I just thought it was kind of strange. Um, uh, I, I was reading on Twitter, some people did point out that this has happened before. Like, I think Steph got the three-point record or something, and I think it was something, maybe not, uh, 15, 20 minutes, but it was similar where they stopped the game and kind of celebrated it. So it's not the first time something like this has happened, but I it did just feel a little weird to me. So I do kind of agree from that standpoint. Uh, but Ben, it, what do you think about this? It felt a little off. Yeah, man, it, it, you're right. It was weird. Like, And I fell asleep. I'm, I'm never going to forgive myself for falling asleep because <laughs> I texted you too. And I was like, we texted I was so you too. tired. I texted you. I know. You. I did my well, I was, I was asleep. I was asleep. Like, um, I was, I was so mad at myself, but I was so tired. Um, and I was like, I don't know. Like he's like the first quarter, it was slow scoring. He's going to have to really pick it up. And then of course it seems like he went off in the second quarter. Uh, and then he got it by the end of the third quarter. So I, I, of course I woke up at like 2am, checked my phone, got like four ESPN notifications about how he broke it. And I'm, I'm never going to forgive myself, but it's not a huge deal. Like there's this thing called YouTube. I went back and watched it. Um, and you're right, Brandon, like it was weird. They, I mean, they bring out a microphone. He gives a speech and I'm like, uh, w- there's still like, there's still some time on the clock. We still yeah. got a whole nother quarter to play. You knew they weren't going to win the game at that point because who freaking cares about the outcome of the game? Um, them losing the game was like super – I feel like it was super expected because LeBron doesn't care about the game clearly at all at that point <laughs> about winning the game. It's it's a regular season game. Oh, Trevor, don't laugh at me. You know he didn't care. Well, okay? no. It's one, reg- I, I mean, it's, it's one regular mean, season game. He, I, he doesn't I don't know if you're just joking, but I, I don't agree. But if you're no, just I joking, absolutely think. I clearly he was not that bothered by them losing that game. I mean, like he went out for like a celebration with wine afterwards. Like again, like I get it, he wants to win. It was win, not but, the important, the most. But important it was there was so day. yeah, there them winning the game was like not even close to the most important thing happening. So um, I just it was just interesting. Like I've never seen anything like it again. I at the very least I would expect that to happen after the third quarter was over. But I think there was still a couple seconds on the clock in the third quarter when all this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just weird, and it, it was it was cool. It was an awesome thing to see. Um, and again, like, it's hard for me to say it'll never be broken because they said the same thing about Kareem, but you're right, Brandon, like, especially with load management now, like, I mean, players just aren't playing as much as LeBron's played in his career from year to year. It's going to be very hard for someone else to beat it. And I hope they never do beat it. Um, and for years, my, like, cause I've always been on the, the, the LeBron train too with you, Brandon, but for years I was like, well, if he can just get into like the top three or four of, of all time scoring, then I'll be happy. That's a good argument to make in his, in his favor. I didn't really ever think he'd get to 38,000 or whatever it is. So. Um, I mean, I, I think most people expect it to be easily over 40,000 by the time he's done. So 
Yeah. Um, it'll, 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 it's an impressive record. And it's just, it, I mean, every year it's just going to continue to grow to where that number eventually for at least a lot of people is going to be insurmountable. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just think like the, the challenging of the three things, there's definitely going to be players that score a ton and yeah. there, there's definitely going to be a lot of great players. Now, even if there was someone that like, which like this is impossible, I'd like to point out, but even if there was hypothetically someone that was better than LeBron James, again, impossible, won't ever happen. But if there was... They'd have to play for so long and so many games. And in today's NBA, I mean, they're playing 82 games, but no one plays 82 games anymore. I mean, especially big players, they let them sit games. And it's just, it's just not going to happen. It would take so much uh, for someone of scoring, you know, 25 a night at least for 20 years to, to do that. You know, and additionally, like now, they're already a year behind because LeBron got in a year early from being out of, out of high school. Yeah. So it would just take a lot. Like I think it, uh, the perfect storm would have to happen for it to come to fruition, and it, it won't because no one's as but great as LeBron. Remember, Brandon. Remember the reason why he won it is because of the three point line. The, the people argue that you know the biggest weakness in his game, the three point shooting. They're complaining that that's why he won. He he got the title. So let's not forget that as well. Yeah, we don't need to go into that. But that's that's. I would like to point out if if the NBA ever makes a four point line and somebody passes him, I will absolutely argue <laughs> that that's ridiculous. It shouldn't count. I will be the same exact person that. All the 60-year-olds are now. That'll be me if they ever make a four-point line. I'm just saying it right now. They're not going to make a four-point line. Yeah. I mean, that'd just be ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just saying if somebody ever if somebody ever passes LeBron, I'm going to blame. Oh, well, they all shoot threes anyway. Of course they passed him. It's not not a real title. It's LeBron's shoot title still. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. I, I will absolutely be the people that are arguing in Kareem's favor. That'll there's, be me for LeBron. In there's going to be no four-point line. Also, it's not like Kareem took a ton of three-pointers all the time, so it's fine. He took like two in his career or something. Yeah, so, so I, I, he like wasn't an exterior shooter. I think oh. if he took more three pointers, then Ravon would have broken the record four years ago. So <laughs> let's not. <laughs> he would have uh, had way less points. But all right, we can we can move on now, Trevor. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty much it because I agree. Like it'll be it'll be tough to beat. I mean, maybe eventually someone will, but it might be no. fifty years let's from be, now. Let's be for real here. <laughs> it's not happening. Greatest player uh, of all time. We'll see. No one's taking I, I think like. Like, Durant has been injured so much, so I think it's pretty much out of the question. Like, if you're considering, like, okay, players, they're playing now. Does anyone that's playing now have a chance? Durant, I think it's going to be very difficult because of how much time he's missed due to injuries. I think the only other guy I would at least mention is Luka Doncic. If Luka Doncic, obviously he has to have the durability part, but, you know, he's putting up, like, 33 points a game now. He came out uh, in Europe, and I think he was 19. So, in theory... I think if you're going to say who has a chance of anyone that we know exists right now, it would probably be Luka Doncic. But nevertheless, it's even going to be tough for him because of LeBron's durability and his longevity. I was going to say, I so. mean, even even Luka, I mean, the most games he played in a season was 72. Like, he hasn't even really come that close to playing all the games. And since that 72, his most is 66. So, I mean, he just isn't healthy enough consistently to, to get there. He just isn't. Mm-hmm. And again, he'd have to play for so long, and he's a year behind already. Like, he started at 19, LeBron started at 18. So, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, not that Luka isn't amazing. Luka's such a great player. Um, he's one of the best players in the NBA currently. Uh, but again, it would just it would just take so much to get there. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, obviously, that was an incredible uh, day, you know, ceremony that we got to witness there in that game. Uh, but we had a very in interesting trade deadline. One of the uh -huh. crazier trade deadlines that I have, that I think we've had in a while, to be honest. Oh, yeah. um, like last year certainly was nowhere near um, as exciting as this year's. I think last year we got like Derek White might have been traded at the deadline. 
Um, I think Harden was before the deadline. I don't think it was at the deadline. So uh, this trade deadline was way better than last year's, for example. And we might as well start with, with the headline trade here. Kevin Durant uh, is going to the Phoenix Suns. This was ended up being a four-team four deal. But the headline here is that the Phoenix Suns get Kevin Durant and TJ Warren, and they gave up uh, Macau Bridges, Cameron Johnson. Um, it looks like four first-round picks, and then also a swap as well. Um, so that's kind of what they give up. You know, there's the Bucks piece and the Pacers piece. They're included here. Like the Bucks get Jake Crowder. Um, the Pacers got George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Jordan Nora, and, you know, a few second-round picks, but those are all minor details. Um uh, this is super interesting, and I was—I got to say—I was surprised. I woke up Thursday morning, and Brandon, uh, the first thing I saw was your text. So congratulations, you broke the news to yep. me. Um, nice. Yep. I thought so, it was <laughs> Yeah. So you were the you were the newsbreaker here. You were the woj. Um, but very interesting, and I was surprised. I think you have to—I mean, you have to say that this makes the Suns. Uh, a contender, obviously. I mean, getting Kevin Durant on top of having Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. We can talk about like the issues that their depth may have. Obviously, losing not only Macau Bridges but also Cam Johnson. Um, I don't know who's going to be that fifth starter. Maybe it's Tory Craig. That would probably be my guess. Um, but the depth here isn't great for Phoenix. But nevertheless, having those guys—Booker, Durant, Chris Paul—even though Chris Paul is, I think, now 38 years old. It, it's really it's really interesting. Um, just the one-two combination of Durant and Booker, I think, is a better version of Durant and Kyrie because Booker is more reliable than Kyrie Irving, and he's also a better defender than Kyrie Irving. So I'm going to be interested to see how that uh, shakes out in the Western Conference. If I'm predicting it now, like, who do I think by the time we get to uh, you know May, I think it would be late May, you know, who's going to make the, the finals out of the West? I don't know. I think between the Suns and the Nuggets, I think it's very close between those two. You even have the Grizzlies and Warriors that, you know, I think you should at least throw into the conversation. But I think it's very close between the Suns and Nuggets. I think, honestly, if you tell me the Phoenix Suns are fully healthy going into the playoffs, I'm probably picking the Suns to win the West, which is pretty crazy. Um, Now, from the Nets piece, I think it's interesting because they had to, like— he was kind of forcing his way out. Essentially, they kind of had to do this. And I think given the circumstances, again, this is the caveat of given the circumstances, because you're never going to win a trade when you give up a superstar like Kevin Durant. But given the circumstances, I think the Nets did pretty well here. Because, you know, the Kyrie Irving trade last week, they get Dorian Finney-Smith and they get Spencer Dinwiddie. Now you're telling me they get Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson and four first-round picks and a swap. Um, I think that's pretty darn good. I mean... These are all players that can play. You look at kind of their starting lineup last uh, that they had last night out there, at least. Like, it was Dinwiddie. It was Macau Bridges. Uh, I think it was—I think Ben Simmons did start. But, you know, you had Finney Smith, you had Claxton, uh, and you had Cam Johnson. So it's just, like, five or six, like, really solid players that can all help you win in big uh, playoff games. Um, so I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't hate what the Nets did here, obviously— now it's like, okay, what are what are the Brooklyn Nets' direction going to be? Is it going to be, all right, we have all these assets. We're going to go back out this offseason and try to get a, a different star maybe. They could do that approach um, because Houston, the Houston Rockets do own, um, I believe, their first-round pick this year. And I think they own a few of their other first-round picks after the James Harden trade you know, uh, a couple years ago. 
So there's almost you can almost argue there's not an incentive to tank for the Nets. Like there's no reason why they would tank, um, and they might as well just keep trying to win. So I think it's gonna be interesting to see what the Nets do. But uh, this was such a crazy trade, and and I love it just for basketball entertainment purposes because I think it makes the West more interesting. Um, and I think the East now, um, you know, you can argue that it's a little. I think it's top heavy. I think it's like Boston, Milwaukee. Maybe Philly, maybe Cleveland, but that's pretty much it. I don't think there. I don't think you have more than four teams that have a true chance to to make it. Whereas in the West, you can argue that there's like seven or eight teams that can make the finals, which is pretty wild. So, I I thought this trade was was pretty awesome. Um, it, it's super interesting, and I can't wait to see the Suns all play together. Um, but Brandon, what, what about you? What did you think when you initially saw the trade? What was your first reaction? My first reaction is that the Suns are going to win a lot uh, and probably win it all. I know McCullough doesn't can't answer big losses, um, but I feel like, you know, especially in today's NBA, your starting five in, you know, a playoff setting is really what wins championships. And it seems like that talent-wise, at least, I mean, maybe you disagree. Do you think talent-wise they have the best starting five in the league, Trevor? Um. Yes. Yes, I do. So I think that that... I mean, not only are they a good team just in general, but that kind of puts them firmly in the discussion as, like, this is a team that can win it all. Um, so that was my initial reaction. My second reaction was, I need to wake Trevor up in some way because he's going to want to see this. Um, but I opted to not call you. It was, it was you know, a work night. So I was like, I'll text you just, you know, instead of Woj alert, it's just, you know, Brandon alert or whatever. Um, so I, 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 I was like, I need to tell Trevor ASAP. That was, that was my second thought. So there were my, my only two thoughts about the situation, uh, that I think the Suns are going to win and I need to text Trevor. That's a true friend right there. I think. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. And, and Ben, I want to hear some of your thoughts as well, but I think it's really like, as I said, like the West, there's so many teams. If I'm narrowing it down, I think it's Phoenix. I think one of, I think it's going to be one of Phoenix, Denver, Memphis and Golden State in the West, and I think in the East it's going to be probably one of Boston or Milwaukee. So essentially, it's if I'm narrowing it down, I think it's those six teams. Um, and if if I was really gonna guess, I'd probably say it's Milwaukee and Phoenix in the finals. Um, and honestly, I have no idea who's who's winning that series. To be honest with you, um, but it, it's really interesting. Um, but Ben, what what were some of your thoughts on this trade? I mean, my first thought was, I don't understand why. I guess Kevin Durant didn't really have a say, but like it's unfortunate for him because he's going to a team that you know they're not winning the finals. They have Chris Paul. They're incapable of ever winning the finals as long as Chris Paul's on the team. Um, I mean, just guarantee that you're going to lose in the playoffs. So, I mean, it sucks for Kevin Durant. I guess his his quest to get another championship is going to have to wait another year or so, or at least until he's not on Chris Paul's team. Um, you know I'm right, too, Trevor. You can try to defend him all you want, but you know I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. I dare you to tell me I'm wrong. I mean, you're you wrong. are. I mean, you are wrong. I, but. <laughs> I, I mean, history would say, but history would say I'm correct. Because he just chokes in the playoffs every year. Well, he gets right? he gets in he gets injured. That's oh, okay, okay, perfect, okay, he perfect. Gets so injured. and 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 right, we're gonna act like Kevin Durant's not gonna get hurt. Come on now. I mean, look at that. Um, I'm just that was a joke. I'm I'm kidding. But I mean, realistically, yeah, they're a good team, and I I hope they make the the finals just because they're probably gonna be the most intriguing and most fun team to watch. Um, moving forward, I mean, I love Devin Booker. So you put Kevin Durant, Kevin, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul on a team together, like it's going to be hard to beat them, especially in a in a, in a seri- seven game series. It's going to be almost impossible to beat them four games out of seven, um, unless you're in the NBA Finals. Then it's going to be super easy because Chris Paul will score like three points a game. 
Um, but I don't know. I mean, it, it, good for the Nets. I mean, the Nets got something out of out of Kyrie and Kevin Durant not wanting to be there anymore. So, I mean, I guess that's good for them. They've been a disaster the last however many years. But um, you got something out of those two players. So, I mean, the NBA 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 trade trade deadline and, and NBA free agency are insane. Like you think. Obviously, the NFL is awesome, but the NFL can never compete with the NBA when it comes to free agency and trades like that. Because again, you're just trading players for like 30 picks, um, so you get these massive stu- superstars that are always moving back and forth uh, from different teams. Um, it's getting to a point where I, I'm, I'm going to forget what teams Kevin Durant played for. I mean, what he's on his fourth team now. Like I'm gonna, you're gonna ask me in 30 years what teams Kevin Durant played for. I guarantee you, I'll forget one of the four teams. I'll probably forget the Suns. I know I'll probably forget the Nets. I'll definitely forget that he ever played for the Nets because he didn't do anything in that time. So. Um, it's going to be weird. Like Trevor, I don't know. Cause I don't watch the NBA that much, but has, has he played in a game yet for the Suns? No, he, no, he just got there okay. and he's, and he's still, okay. you know, recovering from the injury. Okay. That's right. Um, I just think it's going to be weird to like see him in a, in a Suns jersey. I didn't, I didn't think he'd ever play for the Suns. Um, I guess I didn't think he'd ever play for the Nets either, but it'll, I don't know. Just be, it'll be weird to see Kevin Durant in the Suns jersey. It's going to be, it's going to take some time to get used to. Um, they do have fantastic jerseys though. So I'm sure it will look cool. As you can tell, my analysis is I don't watch the NBA a whole lot, so I'm just <laughs> making up stupid reasons to yeah. criticize this trade. Well, so I got to say, um, I think, you know, I, I said I mentioned the injury thing with Chris Ball. I think if there's one worry about this Phoenix Suns team is that, like, literally injuries. Like, if they because we talked about the lack of depth, the combination of a lack of depth and bad injury history uh, results in, like, all of a sudden you get one injury— and you go from the best team in the West to like the fifth best team in the West or something. Whereas you have some of these other teams that have really good depth. Take the Boston Celtics, for example. They have one injury, like Marcus Smart or Robert Williams. They can still piece it together and and play very well. How about the Cleveland Cavaliers? We've seen all season, they've been one of the most injured teams. Donovan Mitchell's been out. Garland's been out. Jared Allen's missed games. And they've still been very good overall. So some of these other teams you have in the league um, even like Memphis, I think, I think Memphis is a really good team. Just, you know, even if they can lose guys, but that's one of the things that the Suns don't have is if suddenly Booker, you know, has like a, a minor injury suddenly now they are not making the finals, you know, it's kind of as simple as that. So I think that's going to be really interesting with Phoenix as well. Cause it's really like, if they are fully healthy, yeah, they can win it all. If they aren't fully healthy, they're definitely not winning at all. So I, I think it's I think that's an interesting piece of it. Um, but those are kind of my thoughts on uh, Phoenix. I guess we can get to the other trade. Uh, well, the Kyrie trade quickly. I kind of mentioned it. Kyrie goes to the Mavericks. Um, part of this trade was Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. I might be missing a piece of it, but that's really the main that's really the main transaction there. Um, and the Kyrie Luka fit is going to be super interesting. We saw the first game last night. Uh, they actually lost to the Kings. It was an overtime game. Um, and offensively, I think it is going to be awesome on many nights. I think on many nights it's going to be awesome. Now, on defense, you lose Dorian Finney-Smith. He's a big part um, of your defense. I mean, the Mavs made the conference finals last year. They were one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Dorian Finney-Smith was a pretty big part of that. So he leaves. Dinwiddie leaves. And now you're getting Kyrie, who's not, not really a good defender. He's not known as a very good defender. So that's going to hurt Dallas. I think net, I think they are, I think they have a higher ceiling, I'll say. Um, are they, yeah, I'll just say they have a higher ceiling, but I don't think it's a dramatic change. Again, I still think you have these other teams in the West that are ahead of them, at least 
those top four teams that I mentioned, Phoenix, Denver, Golden State, Memphis, maybe Dallas is fifth, maybe they're sixth, I don't know. But uh, my really main takeaway is that it's going to be fun, and it might be a little bit of a desperate move from Dallas, but then again, you can argue, what's the alternative? So it's fair. I'm not going to hate on it too much, although I do not think uh, it, this is going to suddenly uh, make the Dallas Mavericks a, a championship contender necessarily. But Brennan, any, any quick thoughts on that trade? Yeah, um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the a lot of the te- like I feel like in every trade deadline, there's always one team that wins, and then every other team kind of like they can improve, but. You know, like, there's a lot of teams that I think are in win-now mode, and some of them kind of, like, lose out because of, like, one big trade. And I, I just think that's kind of an example of, like, this trade deadline. Like, the Kevin Durant trade was obviously, like, just a huge one uh, overlying on the league that had a big, like, drastic effect. So, I, frankly, like, I just think that that trade, like, overshadows kind of every other, you know, major deal that happened. Like, obviously, teams, like, will get incrementally better in that long term that these deals could have bigger effects. But in terms of, like, this season, that's the one that really matters. Maybe yeah. that's like a not great way to think of it, but that's kind of that's just that, those are the thoughts that pop into my head. Yeah, and the fact that the Suns made that trade, obviously, like the the hope that the Mavs had of potentially contending, uh, it, it hurts them and it hurts every other West team. The fact that yep. Katie got Katie went to the Suns. Um, yeah, so I, I think the other thing I want to talk about, and then there was that Lakers trade as well, but the Nets' four-year run they've had now. They have one playoff series to show for it uh, a couple yep. years ago. Other than that, they've they've lost all their series. They've had injuries. Um, obviously, Harden uh, got traded to Philly. Now Kyrie went out. And this assembling of these three great guys, Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant, um, it didn't amount to really anything. It was one playoff series win. So I think that's pretty wild. If we think about all-time what-ifs, I mean, what is the biggest uh, distinction between expectation and result that we've ever had in not e- not only the NBA, we can talk about the NFL, we can talk about, um, I don't follow the MLB nearly as much as other, other people do, but you can look at maybe any sport. What's a bigger what-if than the expectation that this team had of I thought they were going to win a championship, frankly. I'll, I'll just say I thought the Brooklyn Nets were going to win at least— I thought they were going to win one, maybe not two, but one. And they had one series victory. So what's a bigger—I don't know, Ben. Can you can you give me any other sports example? You can go to any sport you want where it's like this team has these expectations and they fall flat on their face and disappoint more than this situation. Yes, I can. It's called the New York Yankees. They've been a Super Bowl favorite for the last 20 years, and they've won like one. They're a World Series favorite, and they've won like one. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if they were a Super so Bowl other favorite. Than, I mean, other than the Yankees, I can't. But the Yankees every year, it's like, oh, this team's really good, and they never win. Um, but, I mean, the Nets have been a total disappointment. Don't get me wrong. And this is now like two separate with the Nets. There's two separate instances now in the last, I don't know, like 10, 15 years where this has happened because they made all the trades like, what, early 2010s with – Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, and that was a total disaster. They traded everything they had for those players, and then you kind of got the second wave of that with 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 Kyrie and James Harden and, and Kevin Durant, and that was obviously a disaster as well. So, um, if you're a Nets fan, like it's got to be demoralizing because because y- you rebuild for years, then you trade away all your assets to get these superstars. It doesn't work out. Then you do it again five, six, seven years later, and it doesn't work out again. So. Um, I don't know. It's got to be frustrating if you're a Nets fan because it's like if, if we can't win with with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, like who can we win, win with? I also yeah. think like if we're being honest here, this was not a good trio to put together. 
Like, it, it was a rather problematic trio of players that, frankly, should not be on the same team together. Like, I think this is a classic of, let's just put three stars on a team and see what happens. Like, Trevor, did you think, like, when... Obviously, we thought they'd win because there were so many stars, but did looking back on it, like, were those guys a system fit at all together? Well, I, I just think, because we could talk about anything that, like, applies to, like, James Harden quitting on the Rockets or, or whatever, anything that's not applied to the actual basketball talent. But I do think, like, just pure basketball. I, I thought they were going to win a championship. I really did. I think it was, um yeah, once they got Harden, I was like, I, I think... They have, I think they can win it just because when you put three guys like that that are that offensively talented and Durant is, is you know, Harden and Kyrie might not be the best defensively, but Durant's a really good defender. Um, so, yes, I did think they were going to win one. Maybe not two, but I thought they were good enough to win one, and maybe they would have if they didn't have the injuries the year the Bucks ended up winning it. They had a real shot that season, and obviously the Bucks won it in Game 7. They were the eventual champions, so... Maybe the Nets would have won it that year, but yeah, I, I just think it's a huge disappointment. Obviously, uh, like I said, and I I can't really think of. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't again. I don't follow the MLB, so maybe the Yankees one year have, but I can't think of. Uh, Yankees for the Super Bowl. Remember, that's know. what Ben said for the Super Bowl. For the Super Relax. Bowl, yeah. I had I had coffee this morning. I'm talking really fast. It's it, there's a lot going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yankees for the Super Bowl, 2024. Yeah. But, but I don't really, I, I don't really know another example to be honest. Certainly, in the I'm gonna NBA. start writing down every stupid. Sorry, Trevor. I'm gonna start writing down every stupid <laughs> thing Brandon says. I'm gonna, you you want to play this game, Brandon? I'll play. This I game. do. In fact, I'm adding it to the headline. Game. I'm adding it to the title. Yankees go to Super Bowl, just because you're doing that. It's now in our title. People are gonna click it now. People, we're gonna get more views on this episode because people are gonna be like, what? What does this mean? Who would say that? What a dumb thing to say. You know. All right. That's if you want to play this game, we'll play this game. I'm down. I'll, we can play this. I'll game. make a note on my phone right now. Stupid stuff Brandon says. <laughs> And I'll start dating. <laughs> yeah. All right, Trevor. Any any other trades you want to talk about before we move on? Yeah. So we should we should mention the Lakers trade. It was a big one. Normally, this Lakers trade might be the biggest trade in a deadline, but it obviously wasn't, given other things that happened. But uh, the Lakers, the three team deal, they trade Russell Westbrook um, to the Utah Jazz. They get back D'Angelo Russell. So I'll just lay out which what each team got. So the Lakers got D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves got Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. They got, it looks like, two second rounders and a second round swap. And the Jazz received Westbrook, one uh, Scano Anderson, Damian Jones, and uh, the 2027 Lakers first round pick. So interesting trade. I think um, what the Lakers were able to get back in this trade was a good return. I do. I think it was a good return. You get D'Angelo Russell, who compared to Russell Westbrook is a better shooter than Russell Westbrook. Um, he's not as good of a playmaker as Russell Westbrook, but he's a better shooter. And given uh, the team, given that it's, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis's team, I think that does make for a better fit on this specific, in this specific situation compared to Russell Westbrook. Uh, but as far as defense, Russell Westbrook wasn't a very good defender at this stage of his career. D'Angelo Russell's one of the worst defenders in the entire NBA. So I, I don't know. I mean, I guess like given the circumstances, you get D'Angelo Russell. Okay. Like, you know, it, it might work. Um, but you look at some of the other, they also got Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. I think I am more optimistic about those two additions, particularly Jared Vanderbilt, because I think that what he can add on defense um, is really going to be useful for the Lakers. I think uh, 
you know, how he can be versatile on defense. He can switch uh, to different defenders. He can defend guards. Um, obviously, he could defend forwards. And I think, I, I don't think he's in the starting lineup right now. I think Rui is still in the starting lineup. I think by the time we get to the playoffs, and that's if the Lakers make, if the Lakers do make the playoffs, Vanderbilt might work his way into being the starting power forward. I think he probably should be, to be honest. Um, but I like that for them. Malik Beasley, I think, is a decent one. He's a decent shooter. Um, this year, I don't think he's been quite as good. I think he's around like 35 36%. I think last year he was more like 38 39 So if he can get closer to that 40% mark, it'll certainly be very helpful for the Lakers um, in terms of spacing the floor. So offensively, I think the Lakers are better with this trade um, overall. Um, defensively, I guess I'd argue they're probably better, but you know, I think a lot of this is going to depend on coaching, to be honest. I think Darvin Ham, I don't think he's had the best first season. Um, certainly not the best first season, but if he can kind of make these rotations work and, you know, um, play Jared Vanderbilt a decent amount, I think it can be successful. And I think the Lakers, um, I think, well, so they'll make the plan. Will they make the playoffs? I mean, they have they definitely have some games to make up. Uh, the West is so deep now. You can go down the standings and look at it right now. They sit uh, they sit 13th in the West, and they are, it looks like, three games back from the Minnesota Timberwolves that are the 8th seed. They're two games back from the Thunder that are the, the 10 right now. So I think they can, you know, pass some of those teams. I think they'll probably pass Portland. They'll certainly pass Utah, and I think they'll probably pass OKC too. So that would make them 10th. And then in the play-in, if they're going against a Minnesota or a Golden State or a New Orleans, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I don't think it's a guarantee they make the playoffs, which is which kind of sucks because they just like try to do everything they can to put this team around LeBron, and they still might not make the playoffs, to be honest. But they have a real chance. They improve their team. I just wouldn't say that this is like uh, super altering. Like it's not. It's not like an altering trade. It makes them better. I don't think it makes them a ton better. Um, but I don't know, Brandon, uh, what were some of your thoughts on this? Um, I think the biggest win is that Russell Westbrook is not on the Lakers. I, I think that is such a win in terms of basketball talent on the field. Cause he sucks. I think as a person, he's an amazing person. I, I know there's a ton of great stories about him as like a great locker room guy. Uh, the tips that he gave, uh, during the NBA bubble as a player, this was so needed my limited viewing of him on the Lakers, every time I watch him, he sucks. So this was a big win. It seems like the Lakers did get better, but I think ultimately, Trevor, kind of what I said earlier and what you just said, does this put them over the top to make the playoffs and have a chance? I don't know. It appears like, I mean, we've had reports that LeBron's dealing with like a major foot injury, um, and he's got to have to play through it for the whole season. That's definitely an issue. Anthony Davis, uh, you know, his health is always kind of an issue, so... Well, they got a win in terms of getting better as a team. Again, it's overshadowed, I think, uh, a little bit by the Kevin Durant trade and the fact that I don't think this makes them drastically better this season in terms of, you know, competing in the playoffs, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's that's pretty much what I had. Uh, ben, ben, did you have any final thoughts on this trade before we move on? Yeah, I mean, the Lakers are still bad. I just think they go from being a boring and bad team to watch now. I guess they're a little bit more fun to watch, but they're still not a good team. They're not going to—I mean, if they make the playoffs, good for them, but they're not going to do a whole lot. But again, who cares? doesn't matter. LeBron's the greatest player of all time. What does he, need? he doesn't need another championship. It's whatever. I like that. I like that take. 
<laughs> Greatest player of all time. Like, it just it honestly wouldn't even be fair if he got another one. It would just make the conversation so much less relevant because it'd be like, well, it's not even an argument anymore. Him having four, I guess you could still make an argument for Jordan. It'd be wrong, but you could still make an argument. LeBron winning another one, it wouldn't even be close for the argument anymore. So actually, he, I think he's doing us a favor by basically just saying, I'm cool with four. Uh, I'm still the best player ever, but at least I'm giving Michael Jordan the respect of being allowed to be in the same conversation as me. So I, good I'm for LeBron. He, he's, he's being a team player. He's being I a team agree. player. Good, good. I agree. And just another reason why he's better because yeah, Jordan exactly. would be like, I need to prove it. Yeah, Mike, like, Michael no, Jordan's selfish. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan was selfish. He, he wanted to get six. LeBron doesn't need six. Um, nah. He's a team player. He, he, he's actually doing it for his teammates by saying, I don't yes. want to win a championship. I agree. That's a team player move. This is a, a really good analysis from uh, you know, everyone's favorite podcast uh, yes. contributor, Ben O'Brien. LeBron, if you're listening, uh, we'd love to interview you. Come on anytime. Love it. Come Open on, invitation. Come on the pod. I'll yeah. make that pod six hours. Well, actually, unless you don't want it six hours. If you want it five minutes, I'll make it five minutes. You know? We'll be good. I'm sure but, he's all right. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's keep it moving here. Um, go a little bit to the end of right, Trevor. Are you sorry? I should say any other trades you want to mention quickly? Nah, we can move on. Okay, cool, cool. All right, let's move on. We had the NFL honors on Thursday. I actually, I, I didn't even see that much stuff about this. I was surprised. I, I really didn't know it was on. I guess it makes sense. It's before the Super Bowl. Um, you know, quick one. Now we Mahomes won MVP. We had Geno Smith comeback player of the year. Brian Dable coach of the year. Uh, Justin Jefferson, and Nick Bosa, offensive defensive player respectively. Offensive defensive rookie of the year from both of the Jets, Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, probably deserved, I think. Um, those are kind of like the major ones to note here. Um, anything you guys like really want to say about this? I don't think, I think this was kind of, this is what it was meant to be. Like, I don't think anything crazy was given out. I liked what we saw here. I'm pretty happy with the results. Ben, I'll go to you first. Do you think like anything should have been changed or anything crazy happened in these awards? No, it, it was. I think it was pretty expected. I mean, pretty much every award. I think we kind of knew who would be at the very least. We knew, you know, top two who would probably be for each award. Yeah. Um. I mean, the NFL awards or whatever. Like, there's a reason why they're nine o'clock at night the Thursday before the Super Bowl. Like, I get it. It's a big deal, but um, there's just like there's bigger things to worry about than than winning comeback player of the year or whatever it is. Like, it's just. I mean, it, they're whatever. I mean, it's not for any sport. I'm I'm kind of that way where it's like. That's great, but I'd rather I'm more interested to see who's going to win the Super Bowl and who's going to win Defensive Player of the Year or whatever it is. So, um, Kelly Clarkson, I, the the 20 minutes that I watched, I thought Kelly Clarkson did a good job. She did a little thing with with Peyton Manning, which is funny, but um, overall, it's just not it's nothing special. I feel like. Yeah, did you yeah, guys see I, uh, Kirk Cousins? Did you say him? Uh, he he sang a little bit with Kelly Clarkson on stage. Yeah, it's just, I mean, that. and Greg, Greg Kittle did a song too. It's just super cringy. I don't, I mean, it's just whatever. <laughs> I thought Cousins was like halfway decent, actually. I don't know. With his, I, I didn't even listen to it. I just saw that he had like 30 chains on. <laughs> yeah, he was like halfway decent. I forget what song he was singing, but he was like not bad. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, obviously the MVP is is what, you know, I, I think about most just because of in terms of legacy and stuff like that. It's interesting. I love those types of conversations and Looking at history, and Mahomes uh, certainly deserved it. Um, Mid-season, I think I thought Jalen Hurts had a slight edge, but it was very close at that time, and Hurts ended up missing a few games. Mahomes had a you know a really good stretch to end the season, so I think he definitely deserved it. Um, Coach of the year, Dayball, I agree with that. That's what I was saying, um, you know, weeks ago, a month ago. And yeah, I mean, you can go down the board. Like, I don't really, I don't know. I mean, if I really. Uh, dug deep into like the stats and analyze stuff like maybe i could disagree on like one of them or two of them but overall it, it looks like they did a really good job to be honest with you 
Yeah, I, I think so. I, I don't know. I feel like there's not too much to say about this. Um, Alright, so obviously we have the Super Bowl today. This is kind of, you know, the, the last thing to talk about. Big day, Super Bowl day. Um, you know, we, we wrote our article giving our predictions, so we're not going to talk too much about, like, predictions and stuff. Go check out the article if you want to see our predictions. I will say this, we didn't all agree. We did not all agree on who we thought would win. Um, any major things you want to talk about Super Bowl-wise going into this game, Trevor? Um, it's going to be a good one for sure, I think. Yeah, I'm just, like, there's certain matchups that I'm super interested in. Because for me, I'm, I'm picking the Eagles to win um, a close one, but I am picking the Eagles to win. And I think it comes down to the biggest thing I said in the article was like the uh, at the line of scrimmage in the trenches. I think the Eagles have the advantage probably on, on both sides. I think they're D line against Chiefs O line, their O line against Chiefs D line. I think they do have the edge on both of those. And I think that's the biggest reason they will win. But I think the question I'm thinking about is like, the Chiefs, you know, they have all this experience. They have Mahomes. They have Andy Reid, right? Like, this is the best quarterback. This is arguably, uh, you know, the best coach or one of the best coaches, at least, in the NFL. They both have a lot of experience. Will that experience, will the IQ level, um, the ability to outsmart the other team, the other coach, will that be enough to overcome what I believe is a little bit of a talent gap here um, that the Eagles have over the Chiefs? Will that be enough to overcome it? and the Chiefs be able to pull out the the victory here. So that's kind of what I'm most interested in. In particular, you can look at certain matchups like, okay, Kelsey, he's been so dominant no matter what, like even if you try to double him, regardless of what you try to do, um, they put him in motion, they do a bunch of different stuff. And it's like, I don't know, is he? are they still going to um, kind of create these open windows for Mahomes to get to Kelsey despite the fact that uh, the Eagles likely will key in on him because of the fact that the receiving core for the Chiefs isn't exactly um, like a like a star receiving core, to say the least. So I think that's going to be super interesting. Yeah, any anything you're you know really looking forward to in terms of the game, Ben? Uh, matchups, you know, whatever the case may be. No, I'm actually so not excited for this game at all. I, I really don't don't have any sort of interest in this game. Like it's just like two teams I don't like. Like it's two teams I don't care about at all. Um, yeah, I get it. Like they're both both of them have won recently, so they're both kind of going for two in a short span. But um, I mean, other than like Andy Reid going against his old team, I just don't see any intrigue in this game at all. And maybe I'm just being bitter because the Bengals aren't in it. But like, no, I'm you're just, definitely being bitter. 100%. Absolutely. Again, I, and, and again, like it's it's two of the best teams in the NFL. I'm not arguing that. It's just me personally. Like I, I don't care who wins. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not gonna like either option. I'm gonna hate both options. So, um, I don't know. I just I'm 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 not excited for it. The game in, in turn at all. This year, the, the halftime show and then the commercials. Sure, I'm excited for. But the actual game, uh, I'm not intrigued in the slightest. Well, I That's am super negative. excited. Super excited for this Kelsey Bowl. I think the Kelseys are the two best brother pairings. Um, frankly, sibling pairings of all time in sports. I think both are probably the best at their respective positions in history. And yes, that includes Travis Kelsey at tight end. Uh, both are marvelous players. Kelsey Bowl is going to be great. I think that's in a wonderful storyline. Both these teams, I think, are just good. Um, so it's it's going to be really, 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 really entertaining of a game. Obviously, commercials, halftime show. It's, it's a holiday. Super Bowl Sunday is a holiday, and I'm that more than excited about it. Um, but I, I think that's kind of going to wrap it up a little bit. Uh, Trevor, anything that you want to, else you want to mention before we get out of here? Yeah. Well, first I was going to ask you, so you think Kelsey's the best tight end already? Like, like ever? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. 
Yep. So he, he's better than Gronk. He's better oh, than Oh, Brandon, you're, you're, you're upsetting yeah, a Patriots fan over here. Ben, what do you Brandon. think about it? Brandon, you better watch what you're saying. Oh, I don't know. I don't know the stats. I mean, I, well, I don't like Gronk care. Well, ben, what's, I don't really ben, care. what's your – what is your actual opinion, Ben? You don't have to go in – I don't have – I mean, I, I don't know the stats, but, like, I mean, tra- Travis <laughs> Kelsey's from reaction. Cleveland, so I'm never, I'm never going to say it. All right, then, then Brandon's wrong because Travis Kelsey's from Cleveland, and I'll never respect anybody from Cleveland. So there you go. What about LeBron? Okay. That's not really an answer. He's not from Cleveland. He's from Akron. That's been very clear. He's never claimed that he's a kid from Cleveland. That he doesn't true. want to be from Cleveland. You don't. You don't. You don't. You're not proud to say you're from Cleveland. I am. Got you there, Benny. All right. I think well, you're, all right. Whatever. I, I, think I think Kelsey's we'll, a better. Kelsey's a better receiving tight end than than anyone. I else. will say, blocking. If you want my actual Gronk opinion, way better at blocking. Here's an actual opinion. I think Kelsey's more fun to watch because you're right. He's more of like a receiver and he's more versatile. But Gronk, I think, is more dominant, if that yeah. makes any sense. I mean, Travis yeah. Kelsey revolutionized the position of tight end. I agree. I completely yeah, agree. That effect go, is, is he's very, very, very proud very to have big. spent four years in the greatest city in the world, Cincinnati, Ohio. So um, you got to yeah. respect the dude for that reason. But I, al- yeah, I also I, wanted to hear... Or, or go ahead if you were going to talk about the the Kelsey. Thing. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to switch it to because I wanted to hear like what 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 food are you guys having? What do you think about the halftime show? Ooh. Like commercials? Like what do you what are you guys excited for? And and what kind of food are you guys having? I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm not doing any special food. Maybe I'll go like grab some. Maybe I'll grab something, Trevor. You definitely inspire me. If I know you'll say what you're going to have. You inspire me. Maybe I'll pick up the same thing you're picking up. Not the same place, but the the same food. Oh, maybe I'll pick up a little bit of that. Um, but I'm not really doing anything special. I'm just watching with my dad. I'm, I'm excited for every aspect. I'm excited for Rihanna, excited for the commercials, excited for the Super Bowl. It's going to be a great day. Uh, go read our article. You'll see all my thoughts on who I think is going to win. TheSmallBallers.com. Little plug there. It's in the description. Go click it. Um, and yeah, Trevor, what are you eating? What's what's your Super Bowl food today? Yeah, so I think I'm, I think I'm going all out. I think I'm doing a wings with deep dish pizza combo. Um, so I, I'm pretty excited for that. I got to probably as soon as we're done with the podcast, I'm probably going to order schedule it for maybe like an hour before game or maybe maybe even an hour and a half. So I'm, I'm super excited for that. But I'm also excited for I'm really excited for the halftime show. I mean, Rihanna, I was telling you this before, like, I was looking through on Spotify, and I was, like, listening to some of the music yesterday, I was like, man, I didn't realize how many great songs Rihanna has, I was like, so I'm I'm pretty excited for this halftime show, um, I, I think it's gonna be great, I think the over-under, I was looking at prop bets, I think it's eight and a half songs, I believe, I, I'd say smash the over, not that, uh, you know, not that I'm betting on anything, but I, I'd say smash the over, I think she'll play at least nine songs. Interesting. Nine songs. I, I think I might go on the under on that. I might go on the under. Ben, any any final thoughts here before we wrap it up? Yeah, I mean, in terms of food, Trevor, like, I'm boring. I've never been someone that makes a big deal out of, like, getting food for the Super Bowl. Like, last year, I don't think I ate anything during it, and I'm, I'm not planning on eating, like, any. I'll probably eat before the game starts, but I'm, I'm not, I've never been a type of person that, like, orders wings or anything like that for a Super Bowl. I kind of just treat it like another game. Um, if I eat dinner during it, I will, but um, I've, I don't know. I mean, I guess we ordered in college. We used to order food for it, but I've just never, I've never felt like I need it. And maybe because part of it's like, if you try to order food, like you have to do what you're doing, Trevor, and you have to order it hours in advance. Otherwise you're not going to get anything. But I've never just, I, I've never even thought about it. I, Cause even for like, for any, for any sporting event, I never like, I'm like, I need food to watch this. I just kind of eat whatever. And then I watch the game, which is so boring to say. And I hate that I'm saying that, but it's true. It's just like a special uh, occasion. Like Brandon said, it's like a, it's like a holiday, it you is know? Solid. So I, I kind of treat it like it's a special occasion. 
I agree. It is a holiday. I should get some special food. But look, I think we'll wrap it up there for today. Everyone go watch the Super Bowl. Go check out the website, thesmallballers.com. We work hard on it. Um, go follow us on Twitter, at thesmallballer. Keep up to date when all of our podcasts go live. Um, and of course, subscribe and leave a five-star review if you enjoyed today's episode. Um, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!